0: Normally I'm settled in what I'm going to preach most of the time, but I kind of wrestled things about as much as I did this morning. But uh, this is what we're going to—it's what we believe God has settled on. And I almost went with something else, but so we pray and that again where where God wants to be. This is where I was going to preach from this morning, and uh, I debated on it, but I just feel like that it it needs to be preached, and um, hopefully. Everyone gets a little bit of benefit from it. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. It looks like a little old book, easy to look over. Most people there? Yeah. Sounds like it, so. The Bible says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands, that it is fit in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, and be not against them. Children, well pleasing unto the Lord. Fathers, provide according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in of heart, fearing God, for whatever He do, do it as to the Lord and not to man. knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance. shall receive from the which he persons. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for this time together, for this day that you've given us, for this opportunity we have to call on you. And God, for the grace and the mercy that you've shown us, we thank you for this morning's service. We thank you for what you did in hearts, Lord, and how you spoke to hearts. God, certainly how you spoke to mine. And I pray you do the same this evening. Help me to honor you, Lord, as I preach this. Honor you. And God, not try to change anyone or, or line anybody out. God, only you can do that. That's really not... Uh, you're a sheep, God. I'm just the, the kind of a watchman, Lord, for you. And I pray that, God, that you help us this evening to hear from your word, hear from you, Holy Spirit. I yield myself to you the best way I can and know how. Use me as you see fit. And Lord, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' your name we pray. Amen. Now, a couple weeks ago, I, some of you might remember, I preached on this, and I never got past, like I said, the, the husband part. Uh, so much in our society today is trying its best to tear Uh, at the very fabric of what a family should be. And not just a family, but what a man should be, what a woman should be, and how we should conduct ourselves, how our children should be, how we should act as adults. Um, The the lines are getting so blurred between man and woman. And there's such confusion. And I'm amazed at how our society wants to push this. Uh, It blows my mind uh, how that uh, somehow just in a few short years we went from a man been sure he was a man and a woman been sure she was a woman to a lot of kids and, and adults don't know which one they are I can promise you your birth certificate will tell you if you have any doubts or confusion about that and uh, you look in the mirror and that's another pretty good indication but the Bible is clear on our roles in everything that we do that uh, God teaches us what uh, how to conduct ourselves how to act how we should do things and I want to uh, kind of just reiterate this a little bit at the beginning of this and then jump down and preach some things I think will help us, certainly will help me and help others I believe and hopefully some of your parents will amen some things I'm going to preach I got one amen my own dad so I guess maybe I need to preach to myself I don't know some of the teenagers are looking at me like "Uh, yeah boy you know when I first hit this, I mentioned verse 16 quite a bit. And I want to ask you before I get started, what, where, what dwells in you richly? Where are you rich at? Let me explain to you what I mean. He said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. How rich are you in the word of Christ and the word of God? Are you rich or are you poor? How much of the Bible can you quote? How much of it do you know? How familiar are you with it? You know, there's one thing I have discovered As I mentioned this morning, I like to watch YouTube videos, Drew and I watch them together a lot of times, and there are a lot of YouTube videos on the Bible and Bible stories. If you want to learn a bit about the Bible, it's not hard folks, you understand we live in the most informed age in the history of the world, and I think this is probably one of the most ignorant generations alive today when it comes to the Bible. I think today the church and people know less about God, less about serving Him, less about prayer and honoring Him than any any church probably in the history of the world. I mean, we are in sad shape when you get right down to it. And we don't dwell in Him richly. He said, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Notice he says, to the Lord. How much of everything you do is to the Lord? to yourself. Uh, this is probably more of a Sunday morning statement than a Sunday evening. Uh, sometimes, and we all struggle with this sometimes, but I think some people embrace it. Uh, sometimes we use our kids as excuses not to come to church. God help. <laughs> Where do you think those little blessings come from? But we should be singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs Most, I dare say most teenagers don't know very many spiritual songs. But I bet they can quote some country and rock songs. How much parents are we putting into their eyes and their ears while they're around us? He says in verse 17, whatsoever he do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father by him. I thank God that I can give God thanks. And he says, whatsoever He do in word or deed, in other words, everything you do and say, do it in the name of Jesus. If we do things in the name of Jesus, more than likely we won't be doing it for selfish reasons or sinful reasons. We won't be trying to please our flesh because if we're doing it for Jesus, we know we must be doing it for Him. Now, last week I mentioned, or a couple weeks ago, does he dwell in you richly with grace? Does he dwell in you richly with gratitude? That was uh, wives to your husbands. Does he dwell in you richly with glory for her? and The husbands, do you look at her uh, in a sense of honor and praise? Do you lift her up as she your queen? Do you honor her in everything? We should, husbands. We should, men. I got one amen, mine. Um, and he says, be not bitter against them. I think this could probably go both ways at times, but he said it to the men. So there must be something there. A lot of times as a man, uh, we get bitter sometimes. We get angry with our spouses and we do not uh, they don't do this exactly what we think, so we get upset. Now, uh, the Bible pretty much says don't do that, so that doesn't give any excuse. You ain't got one. So verse 20 says, Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. So... Uh, Number four, does he dwell on you richly with getting in line? (laughs) Children, obey your parents in all things. Let me go ahead and preach to you guys just for a minute, then we'll move on. The Bible here says in all things. He doesn't say in some things what things. You, what things goes along with you, what things you like, he says in all things. And let me go to and tell you, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. If you want to live a happy, peaceful life, the best thing you can do is when your parents tell you to do something, you listen to it and do it. Don't argue and gripe. Don't try to justify what you've done. Don't try to look for loopholes and ways around it. Do what they ask you to do when they ask you to do it because there's a reason for it. And one of the reasons is because God put them in charge. And I said this morning, I don't care how old you are, I'm 50 years old. And this day, somebody tells me what to do. And guess what? Sometimes, I don't like it. But I still have to do what I'm told to do. Let me go back to the beginning. And I don't understand in school, I know it's different. I know you read books and stuff all day, and I know the last thing you want to do is get home and read more. But if you will invest in the word of God, you I promise it will pay off. He said, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one of those psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Kids, how much of that do y'all do that for each other? Do y'all encourage each other? My son's sitting on this side, so I've got to look this way occasionally. How much do we do that? You see, if you're not doing that, guess what you're not doing? What the Bible says to do. If the word of Christ doesn't dwell in you richly, if you don't listen to some gospel songs, you say they're boring, then like I said this morning, the reason you think God is boring because you've never invested in God enough yet. Hey, you tell me how the Bible is boring. One of the talks about a talking donkey. What well, the book tells about the ground opening up and swallowing people, about uh, three men getting thrown into a furnace and they come out and all the ropes is burned off of them. What well, the book tells about people getting raised from the dead, about somebody walking on the water, about people who have been healed of incurable diseases. What well, the book tells us uh, about a chariot, somebody going up in a chariot of fire. What well, the book tells us about I could go on and on and on. No other book in the world has what the Bible has in it. It's very interesting if you'll just invest in it. So children, let me tell you this. If you're not involved in the word of God and spiritual songs, it's going to be a whole lot harder to obey your parents. There's a verse in Proverbs, do everybody in here good to put to memory, me included. It says the way of a transgressor is hard. You know why it's hard? Because you're going against the word of God. There's a story about the Apostle Paul, and I'll move off the kids here just in a minute. I thought I'd go ahead and spend a moment here. I know some of them's not here, but we got enough. When Jesus appeared to him and said, "Paul," or he called him Saul, Saul, he said, "Why persecutest thou me?" He said, "Don't you find it hard to kick against the pricks?" Let me explain to you what that was. Back in Bible days, and even some of the people in here's days, uh, they would plow with animals and they would get an ox, a horse, or a mule, or whatever it was. And a lot of times, my dad said a mule would plow for you, work for you for two years, get one chance to kick you. And a lot of times, what would happen is those animals would take, and they would kick back like that, trying to kick the person guiding them and directing them. So what they would do is they'd put a board behind that animal, and it had spikes sticking out. When that old mule or ox or horse would go to kick, he'd kick back and he'd kick those spikes. And they didn't feel very good, and it didn't take him long to quit doing that. And that's what Jesus was saying Paul was trying to do. As you try to rebel against your parents... Your teachers, whether it be uh, here or at school or whoever's in authority of you at the time, that is what you're doing when you go against the word of God and not listen to what you're told. do the opposite of what you're told. You are kicking against the pricks. You're kicking against the board of spikes coming out. And I'm going to tell you, you will never be rewarded good for doing that. You will pay, always pay. It'll always get bad results. It'll never turn out the way you want it to. No matter how wrong you think you are. Dad and I was talking yesterday. I think it was yesterday, sometime last day or two. I've had a couple bosses, foremans out of the pipe fitters. And they would tell me, say, if you'll do this for me, I'll, I'll, I'll reward you, I'll pay you back, you'll do this, I'll reward you and pay you back. One guy in particular, I did, I know at least four favors for him. You know how many times he rewarded me for those four favors? Zero. 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 Does that make it okay for me to look at him next time and say, no, I'm not doing it if he asks me to do it according to the word of God? I'm to do what I'm asked and told. That doesn't mean you be a doormat for people. But people in authority won't always do right by you. But it's our job to do right by God because God is the one that's keeping track. He's the one you're pleasing He's the one you're trying to please. He's the one that will make your life easier, harder. Do you realize he's going to bless you or or he's going to come down on you and when you go against your parents, who do you think is going to come down on you? I promise you, I'd much rather have my parents upset at me than God. (laughs) And trust me, he will. All right, let me move on off the kids for a minute. We'll come back to you. Don't worry, I won't ignore you. He said, fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. I truly think this could be parents, either one. Uh, Some some of you only have one parent for different reasons. We're not going to get into all of that. Life is unfair sometimes, and sometimes things work out the way they do. But parents, he said, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Basically what that is saying here, I'm going to stay with get in line on this one. Does he dwell on you richly enough to get in line? Parents, do you love your kids enough to respect them and honor them the way you want them to you? Do you show them the same respect and honor that you demand from them? There is a line at a time and I've struggled with this myself at times. You can only be so hard on your kids. You can only expect so much because if you stay on them to the point that they think they can never please you, they will get discouraged and give up and probably rebel. There can only be so much perfection in somebody. Do you honor them? Do you respect them? like you demand they respect you. By the way, you shouldn't demand they respect you. You should earn it from them the same as anybody else. And when you do that, kids, they're doing their best. You know, I used to think that being an adult was easy when I was a teenager. I thought, man, they got it made. They get to do what they want. Nobody to, tells them what to do. They make the decisions. They got all the money. Shoot, when I, get a, when I grow up and get old, I'll show them let me tell you how much I show damn. <laughs> if I could go back to your age. How old are you? Okay, I need to be your age because I could go deer hunt. Dad wouldn't let me go when I was ten. <laughs> I'd do it tomorrow. Whether you realize it or not, this is the best time of your life. You better do your best to live for God now. Because if you ain't gonna live for him now, you're not gonna live for him later either. It don't get any easier. Parents, they're only this age one time. Grandparents, I probably don't have to tell them anything other than correct them every now and then, it won't hurt you, I don't want them. They're this age one time. You better get all you can get out of it. You better enjoy every minute. You ain't gonna get another chance. You, know, you get one opportunity. You better make it count. Does he dwell in you enough richly with grace? Let's go back to that one real quick. He said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms. And hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Does He dwell in you richly enough that there's grace in your hearts when things go wrong, when people do wrong, when parents make you mad, when kids make you mad, when life breaks down, somebody slow pulls in front of you, there's a wreck, there's a construction, there's whatever it may be? Is there enough grace in your heart that we still sing spiritual songs? Or do we murmur and complain? Heard a message the other day. A guy preached almost the whole message on murmuring. Thought it was pretty interesting. You know, one of the things, and I agree with him on this. I'm just going to stay here for just a minute. You know, one of the things that I believe aggravates God the most about us is complaining, griping, murmuring, as the Bible says. Let me give you all a little story. Do you know There's places in the world right now where people live near a trash dump. There's a whole community that lives at the landfill. Anybody ever been by a landfill lately? Smells good, don't it? It's one of the most awfulest, rottenest you've ever been around in your life. You know why they live there? So they can eat. That's where they go to for their food. It's the landfill. When's the last time, me included, because y'all know how I feel about mayonnaise and mustard. We've been really grateful for something to eat. We're gripe because somebody didn't get our burger right. Gripe because this ain't right. The fries are cold. You know, there's people in this world that'll never have fries. They'll never know what it's like to eat a french fry. They don't have to worry about them being cold. They'll never get them. There's kids They don't have to worry about griping about their teacher. You know why? They'll never have one. Am I hitting home yet? Any at all? Am I getting anywhere? they will never have to worry about somebody picking on them. They'll never be around anybody else but what few that are around right there. I know those things ain't fun. But sometimes, church, we need to stop and realize just how much God has blessed us in this country. And how good you got it. Rather than murmuring and complaining. And I don't like it that inflation and gas is killing us. It's hard on everybody. But there's a lot of people in the world they could care less about inflation. You know why? They'll never have anything. Don't matter. Gas, they don't they could care less what gas costs they'll never have a vehicle to drive. When's the last time you thank God for your vehicle? Kids, are you embarrassed when your parents pull up in school because your car their car's not cold? If I catch any of you doing that, I'm going to go borrow a certain vehicle and I'll take every one of you to school and pick you up in it and I'm going to blow the horn. <laughs> and I'm going to get out and holler your name. Come on, I'm here to get you. I had an old truck. It had rust all over it. The exhaust leaked and I said I'd pull it in front of the White House in and I didn't care. Verse twenty-two. Now we're going to get back on us. Servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eyes as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. On our jobs, do we worry about this kind of thing? When we're doing something for God, like we all should, do we worry about this? You know, we're a servant of God. Are we doing it heartily? Not with eye service. In other words, just trying to do it to please somebody. To do it when the boss is around and no other time. Uh, that's a job. I, Dad and I was on. That was a labor. It's when the ladies human beings alive. Uh, we would. Uh, the job was spread out. We, Dad and I were in the truck with the superintendent. We, he was riding down the road to another section of the job and our, we pulled up to some men I hadn't got labor on that lean on that shovel. When he turned around and saw, <laughs> I'm sorry. He turned around and saw that superintendent. He commenced to burning that shovel up. I mean he was a shoveling for everything that was in him. We pulled off and I looked back by the time we got outside he went back to leaning. That's called eye service. Do it when nobody's looking. You, know what, you want to know what your character is? This is for everybody. It's what you are when nobody's looking. When nobody's watching. What are you? What are you doing? What do you think? What do you say? What do you look at? Who do you talk to? What do you listen to? That's your character. You, you know who is always looking? God is always looking. And don't think for one second he didn't notice. And he does care what we do all the time. Servants, some of you don't no longer work, I get that. But you still work for God. Are we doing it simply because we love him and it's right sometimes or are we just doing it to try to win favor with him? We're to work our jobs we're to work in school. We're to do what we're supposed to do, and no matter who it is, where it's at, or what it is, because it's the, it's pleasing to God, it's honoring to Him. In singleness of heart, fearing God. Do we not fear God most time? No. Whatsoever we do, uh, do it heartless to the Lord and not unto men. So, uh, number five, uh, does He dwell in richly enough with uh, to have gratefulness? Are you grateful for your job? Are you grateful for an opportunity to work? Are you grateful for an opportunity to honor God, to do things for Him, to be able to please someone else other than yourself? But whatsoever he do. In other words, if I miss anything, if there's any relationship, he pretty much covers all things in life right here. But if there's anything else you want to put in here, he said, do it a heartless to the Lord and not unto men. Are we doing it for God? Does he dwell us richly enough as the word of Christ God in our hearts deep enough? Is there spiritual songs and hymns enough there that we do it for Jesus? Or do we just do it because we have to to get by? Verse 24, it says, Knowing that of the Lord he shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for he served the Lord Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done, and there is no respect of persons. Now better base glider, we've reached this one. Number six. Does he dwell on you richly enough to have gleefulness? You should have some gratefulness. You should be glee, you should be joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Join in the Lord. The only way you're going to have joy of the Lord is to know a little bit about this and to know some spiritual songs. He said, Knowing that of the Lord he shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for he served the Lord Christ. I have heard and seen myself families absolutely butchered over an inheritance. I'm going to tell you right now and and you mark this down. You want to know the true character of somebody, what they think about you and what they're made out of? You lay a piece of property, a job or a dollar bill down between you and them and you'll find out real fast what they're made out of and exactly what they think about you. You'll know their character instantly. I've learned that through the years. You lay in three things down between you and someone else and you'll find out real fast where they're at, how much of the Lord dwells in them richly. Working at a funeral home, I get a front row seat sometimes to some of these things. I'm not over there hardly much anymore so I don't have to watch it. I've seen families almost get in fist fights in the funeral home and out in the parking lot Trying to make arrangements for a loved one that's dead. Boy, that's an honoring, ain't it? I bet God's proud of that. And by the way, I got to look at somebody. Some of these people were Christians. What a witness. What a testimony. Man, I tell you what. I bet they could go, go out and find out tracks. You know, we're going to get an inheritance that money can't buy. This world can't give. They can't take. And it's beyond anything you could ever imagine. But notice what he says. And I'm, and I'm with joy. Knowing that of the Lord he shall receive the reward of the inheritance for he served the Lord Christ. We got inheritance coming just because of Jesus. It's because of him. But you and I can gain a little bit more of a reward if we'll do what he says because here's what he says next. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong. Which thee hath done, and there's no respect to persons. One of the things parents do sometimes is they show more respect and honor to one child than they do the others. For what are the reasons? Let me go ahead and tell you. There is no reason. The Bible teaches us that. I think one of the saddest stories in the Bible, and it was handed down through the generations. You follow Abraham's descendants. The wives, the mothers, how they showed the difference. Isaac showed a big difference in Jacob and Esau, him and his wife. She got Jacob to trick her husband. You're talking about deception. He loved Esau because Esau brought him fresh deer meat. Rachel loved Jacob because he was a mama's boy. There's nothing wrong with that, but be a man. And it was handed down through generations. Parents, don't show difference in your kids. You want to discourage them? That's a real way to do it. Don't show difference in people at work, at church. He says, Because he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done. Parents, husbands, wives, if we don't do what's right, we're going to receive wrong for that. We're going to reap what we sow. God wished I could dig up some gardens, trust me. Kids, if you don't obey your parents in what did the Bible say? No, I want them to say it. One, two, three. I, now you all know me, I will not quit and I'll stay here with you till dark. Together, one, two. Okay, the Bible says they don't know what I'm saying. I think they do. The Bible says to obey in. Amen. All things. No, I still some of you. It's never uttered it yet. You will utter it. I'll stay here with you until dark. I promise. You will have to go to the bathroom eventually. She don't count. She's yittle. In all. Whether you like it or not. Whether it seems fair or not. And I'm done with this. Growing up, my parents at times were, should have been probably stricter on me than what they were. They were pretty strict. But I thank God for it now. Yeah. At the time, I'll be honest with you, at times, I hated them for it. I did. I'm not telling my dad, my mom, I guess she's downstairs with the kids. I'm telling my dad anything he ain't heard. He's he's heard all of this before. There's times that I'd get so mad because he wouldn't let me do stuff. And you know what it was? It was just pure rebellion. A lot of my friends that I run around with and I wanted to go that extra mile with, a lot of them are dead. And I'm only 50 years old. Do you know how long it took for me to go to my first classmate's funeral? We graduated in May. I was at his funeral that fall. Yeah, that's right. I think we have buried six of my classmates already. I'm only 50. I know to you all, that's ancient. It's really not. Your parents are trying to protect you. They're trying to help you. You don't see the danger they see. You don't understand what they understand. I know, as teenagers, you got all the answers, but you don't. <laughs> I know you don't want to hear that, and I don't, I'm not trying to sound mean or, or make you mad or be disrespectful. But they're trying to protect you. There have been things I've wanted to do so badly, and God wouldn't let me. But now, looking back, I'm so, so thankful. <laughs> He said, no. I'm so thankful. He said, no. And looking back, I'm so thankful. My parents told me no a lot of times when I wanted a yes. They told me no. And I'm so thankful. If I'd have had my way, my hair would have been halfway down my back. My grandfather, God only knows what he'd have said to me. I never did find out because it got about right there. Janet's laughing because she couldn't imagine. I couldn't either. I had my hair get about right here at the top of my shoulders, and Dad'd say, Son, it's time for a haircut. There was no arguing. There was no debating. I didn't try that. But I'm thankful now. I'm thankful. At the time, it seemed really unfair, but I'm thankful. Sometimes I'm glad God says no. Does He dwell on you richly? Because if he does, most of the time, you won't have to worry about no too much because you probably won't be asking to rebel. Father, we thank you again for this time together. And God, I pray that I've honored you tonight. Lord, I pray that I preached what you've given me. Lord, I struggled with it. You know I did. Lord, I, I wanted to preach this second part, but I just didn't know when. And God, I feel like this is a message that could be preached all the time to the spouses the parents to the kids to workers and to us as individuals Lord we need to honor you in so many ways and so many things that we don't do it help us I pray to do so thank you for those that are here tonight I pray that your word touched hearts as you see fit and as you see as it needed to God pray for those that could be here and just simply don't find it important enough I don't know why we had some that were coming on Sunday and Wednesday night, but God, they've slipped back as well. Lord, I pray that you get a hold of their hearts. pray that, God, you touch them. And, Lord, for those that would like to be here and simply can't be, I pray for them as well. Lord, be with those that are here. And, God, if there's anybody here that's lost and doesn't know you, I pray that they give their heart to you. Please, God, touch their heart. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus, your name we pray. Amen. As we all stand, we get a song.